Hey there, I'm Jade. And I'm Josh. And on this episode of Our Taste is Trash, we review the Netflix original You People, discuss Aaron Taylor Johnson's creepy relationship, and talk our plethora of weekly watches. So remember to rate, review, and follow wherever you listen. Stick around. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Welcome into another episode of Our Taste is Trash. I believe this is episode 80. I'm Josh. Wow, and I'm Jade. Yeah, right? It's crazy. How long have you been doing this? Like, this yeah. is like, we're professionals <laughs> or something like that. Hey, Jade, you know, I was thinking, uh, I'm fresh back from mm-hmm. Southeast Asia. Oh, yeah. Uh, what's the name of that song? Um... It's the one, I think it has Kanye and Jay-Z in it. In Paris? I, I think they're in Paris. Yeah. Like, do you, yeah. do you remember what the name of that song is? Oh, mm, you know, I, I want to say something in Paris. Yeah. Is it like, is it like two, two, like people? Two best friends in two Paris? Two best friends in Paris? Yeah, yeah. Mm, yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll get back to that. It's a, a uh, preview <laughs> to uh, the movie we're going to watch this week, or we yeah. did watch this week, yeah. called You People on Netflix, but... Jade, one of the things, even though I was gone for uh, almost three weeks, uh, traveling, seeing all sorts of great places, I had so much time on planes (laughs) to catch up on movies, even though I was fucking delirious half the time. Like, (laughs) I like to think that I'm still in my 20s sometimes. Mm -hmm. Like, I think you you fool yourself as you get older. You're like, oh, I... I used to go no sleep in college. Yeah. That that was yesterday. 100%, yeah. And I used to be fine-ish, you know? Fine. Yeah. Jade, no, mm, no. No, can't do it anymore. Things don't work. Like, your body, bones, muscles <laughs> just don't work the same anymore. Like, we had... I knew what a 16-hour flight... I thought I knew what a 16-hour mm-hmm. flight was, Jade. Um, yeah. I would not recommend it in economy ever. Again, yeah. for anyone. Like, no. even if, if you have, listen, you skimp out on everything else. Don't eat for two days on your vacation. Fucking stay in a, a less expensive do hotel. Do what you gotta do for the flight. Do pay yeah. the money. Like, I actually, Jade, we were at the counter and I was like, we had just gotten off one of our legs of flights and we were about ready to go on the longest leg. And we were like, please, can we, we'll pay more money. We're at it. And they're like, we, we can't. The plane was half empty. For some reason, they didn't want to sell us a fucking seat, Jade. That's like, wild. I was just like, please, like, how much is, I was just trying to get them to give me a price. And they wouldn't, we asked at the <gasps> gate, we asked at the ticket counter. And it was basically like, go fuck yourself. We oh don't my give God. a shit. Yeah. So luckily, there was room to uh, like lay down, you know, oh, kind yeah. of. And because yeah. there's some empty rows, but still, that's not, I, I'm not a small person. Yeah. And like, it's even for small people, it's not conducive. No, I'm to five down. foot four. Yeah. And I did a 15 hour flight to Hawaii multiple times. My mom lived there. Mm. Oh. Rough. Oh. Rough. Yeah. Yeah. Did you, did you have to do economy or were you at least one one leg up from that? Um, I've done both Oof. on different trips. So, I've so been, you can appreciate then yeah. the suffering of coach compared oh, to... <laughs> 100%. Yes. Like my ass would go numb. I'm like my back is like oh. on fire. I'm like I can't... I have to get up. Like I like even when there I was some like... I have to move around. I, like every couple of hours I'm like I just go to the bathroom because I'm like even if I don't have to go I'm just like I'm going to walk down there down the oh, aisle just to I've go to the been bathroom. that person like, before yeah. where I've just stood in the aisle. I, yeah. I don't fucking care. No. I'm like the flight attendant can yell at me my body is i'm dying I, I, yeah like i'm getting just, yeah do you, so do you do the uh compression socks and everything else like that 
Um, I have before. I, I haven't done it in a while. I but I've done it before. Yeah. I'm pretty religious. Like when it comes to anything over five hours, I'm pretty much like okay. You have like, to because like so that's why I typically don't wear any sort of like sneakers. I have to wear sandals because like my feet <gasps> hurt so bad. You know what I loved about. I've never seen this in anything else. I've gone to Europe and mm-hmm. done like 10 plus hours, but I've never seen this before. On the Asian flights, especially, they give you slippers. Oh. They literally, like, it's lovely. Like, like you know, they give you a little night, like, yeah. a, like sometimes they'll give you those little night packages or whatever they are. Mm-hmm. Every single one of them, every flight I took that was over like five or six hours, they came with little slippers. Ugh. I use those shits every, they were fucking 100% great. 100% I would too. Yeah. Because, yeah. yeah. you know what you don't watch? Like, I would walk around in sock feet if that was a thing, but like, <laughs> You can't walk into a plain bathroom in socks no. because people immediately piss on the floor. There's always piss on Guaranteed. the floor in a plain bathroom every, time. every single time. Yeah, every single time. Yeah. Why is it always so wet? Like I know, like there's only like literally the room is only large enough for the bowl. So like, how are you missing? Going. How are you? How are you pissing all over the floor? Who's doing that? Children. I don't know. It's adult. <laughs> it is a hundred percent adult, and especially adult males. Like that. It is it adult is. males. Yeah. This is a woman. That thing is you the biggest you, toilet seat I've ever sat I'm on. I'm a lazy. Pe- you know what? All I do. All you have to do in a plain bathroom when you're a male, you just literally you, one just hand on forward, the wall. Right? And you just lean. Yeah. You just lean, and it just it. It goes it's right, right in. there. It goes right in. There's yeah. no missing. I don't. Yeah. I don't understand. It's a big target. Some anyway, my point. Care. My point was before we launched this tirade thing. <laughs> I got the opportunity when I wasn't deliriously tired mm-hmm. to watch a lot of fucking movies. So yeah. I, I caught up on a lot of shit. Uh, you're yeah. gonna be, I'm gonna, you're gonna be proud of some of these. Oh wow! Are you ready? Okay, okay. The unbearable weight of massive <gasps> talent. Finally, it was solid. Like it, two of some of my favorite people. So it's not quite. You know what I think I did? I think I put mm. it in my mind as being John Malkovich. It wasn't quite no. that meta, Mm-mm. but it was really fucking funny. Like yes. like there were things that happened where I'm like. This should happen, and it fucking did. Like yeah. you know, just random like car chase stuff, lines. Pedro Pascal should just be in everything. Like I, yeah, he is. How has he not been nominated for something at this point? Seriously, I, I think he's gonna get an Emmy for The Last of Us. But I mean, oh, truly. he should. I mean, honestly, look. As much as it pains me to say this, as someone who's not a huge Disney Plus fan for ninety percent of the shit they produce. He in the Mandalorian. Is fucking he was great. great in the Mandalorian. He's great in it. He's I know. The only thing that deserves an Emmy is the is that. No, I love Marvel. Master Town. He's like, what's your second favorite movie? Uh, Paddington Two. Jade. Jade. <laughs> I, that was gonna be my second thing. That was on every flight. I almost watched it like three times because of that movie. It's, the amount of times they were like, they I, talked about it. I would yeah. be, I would be clicking it like literally. I think I clicked off that movie and I was clicking through the featured and it, like the second movie yeah. was Paddington Two Paddington and I was two. like, oh my god, yeah, mm-hmm. I need to watch that movie just because of that. I, I mean, mean, he's actually not wrong. <laughs> when they're when they're both crying together, I was like, I felt that. I was like, yeah. It's a cinematic masterpiece. We watch it like twice. I think it has 100 percent of Rotten Tomatoes. Does it really? Yeah. Wild. I know. Wild. I think it's the only one that has like both critic and audience 100. I would pay. I would pay money to do one of those like film screening with an artist, but like with Nick Cage and Pedro Pascal. Oh, you know what I mean? Like I don't even care. I don't give a shit about the animators or the creators. I want Pedro and Nick Cage to come out and like give their opinions. On mm-hmm. Paddington 2 after I watch it. Yes. I'd, yeah. I'd pay exactly. whatever it took. <laughs> I would too. Make it happen. Also, Jade, the one that I think you'll really enjoy that mm-hmm. I watch, and I did enjoy this probably more than Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. Oh. I think it's because it was just shorter and just funnier. 
Bodies, bodies, bodies. <gasps> yes, isn't it so good? It's crazy. It's, yes, it's wild. You know, there's a there's a few things that I question here and there. A few mm-hmm. things where I'm like, you know, for kind of a whodunit. Yeah, it's there's a few open ended things where I'm like, why did they keep burring down this rabbit hole and then never yeah. really resolve? Like, yeah. here's the thing that frustrated me: the whole weird love triangle between. Uh, obviously the two and then who's the other um i forget I, I don't know anybody's name anymore yeah there's that other uh black girl who is obviously an ex of oh the, yeah the, the one's like, kind of like a mean girl yeah yeah but she keeps like making all these you know insinuations that they slept together and yeah that they text still messages, like yeah and then nothing ever came of it it was just like okay whatever i think that was just specifically meant to stir up drama and drama. suspicion yeah. between like because i think that's the whole thing is like the whole thing of like all of their relationship issues play into the way that they interact once like they think one of them is a killer. So it's kind of like it gives you a little bit of backstory as to like maybe why someone would react that way to like another character. Yeah, you know? that makes but sense. I did love P. Davidson dying early on. That was great. Also, for folks who are trying to catch up on Oscar stuff, All Quiet on the Western Front, probably not your movie, Jade. But no, absolutely uh, not. I definitely see why it's nominated. It, it's fucking excellent. It's for those who don't know, it's a, a World War One movie told from the German perspective. <sighs> so it's it, it's very interesting. Uh, it's based on a book. We did it for book club. Oh, did you really? Yeah, oh. it's a really old book. Yeah, it's good. It, it's yeah. it's really solid. Like I mean, I'm not always even. I don't. I know people are obsessed about World War One, two, and I... two movies. I usually don't jump into that stuff, but I saw it, and it was it was actually really yeah. good. Um, also, just really quickly, smile. Yeah. I think it's trash for me. The horror movie. Really? It's. I mean, it is what it is. It's <laughs> and it's it's cheap, fun, you know entertaining. What, it reminded me of the really terrible Blumhouse movie, Truth or Dare, where Maybe. it's like yeah, someone yeah. like does the Truth or Dare, and then like they also actually creepily smile in that movie too. I mean, there are parts of it. I mean, don't get me wrong; it can be creepy. Like, it, yeah. it, there are parts of it that are super creepy. It's just I don't know. Like after a while, I think it just kind of goes on too long, and you're mm-hmm. like, I get it. You're crazy. I get what's going to happen next. And you kind of, there's no surprises, you know, yeah. you kind of watch it. At one point you get a little false hope. You're like, oh, maybe something will happen. And you're like, no, it's, I, mm. I kind of knew it was going to happen. You know? Yeah. And that's, that's mm. how it went. Disappointing. Um, yeah. What'd you watch though? I'm sure you got to catch up on a lot of things. Yeah. The last couple of weeks. I watched quite a few things. I, I did watch Megan. Oh, um, oh. In theaters. Yep. By James Wan, who also did, as we know, <laughs> Malignant. Oh, wait, I need to say this. Smile not as bad as Malignant. I would watch Smile twice before wow. I watch Malignant ever again. Well, yep. Megan, I can't tell if they were intentionally trying to make it funny, but I was laughing the entire time. I was oh like, this God. movie is so ridiculous. Also, maybe I I just feel like an android wrote it. I feel like maybe Megan, the doll, wrote the movie Megan. because that would be so fucking meta. I do, <laughs> because honestly, I was like, dude, this... Do they not understand human emotion? Like, the way the characters react to things. Also, I was like, a psychopath had to write this because the only thing they ever ate in that fucking movie was dry toast with water. And I can't... Wait, 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 wait. Yeah. They, like, for breakfast? For breakfast. So, like, wait, wait, wait. So they would just, like, what, like, put toast in the toaster and just take it out and eat it? Yeah. It was, like, two triangles of just dry toast. Like, no butter, no, like, berries or cream sauce. Not even, like, with OJ or Did milk. they have a discussion about this? Like, were they like, oh, we're eating our toast again? It was weird. It was every time the aunt was sitting there with her niece in the morning, they'd just be eating dry fucking toast. And I was like, do you not have real food like i was just that's i was a, so that's concerned a, that sounds like the scariest part of the whole fucking that was movie. scary josh honestly i couldn't let it go i was the whole time i was, I was like i can't fuck that girl killing that little kid because who cares? who cares they're eating dry toast like i was so upset i was like i can't 
I will never get over it. Um, That's wild. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I've also watched um, The Rig on Amazon Prime. It's an original series. It's a, a Scottish. I didn't realize that. It has Emily, I think her name's like Hampstead from Schitt's Creek. Wait a minute. I'm not thinking of the right thing because from when you said The Rig, I was like, oh, is there a movie called The Rig that's about that like oil explosion? One of the oil explosions? Probably, like that? yes. Yeah. No, this one okay. is almost kind of like a supernatural sci-fi thriller oh. where they're all on this oil rig and they're all preparing to go home. So they're waiting for the helicopter to come out to bring them, except this giant fog rolls in and the helicopters can't come out and then they're trapped in this fog. But then something in the fog starts affecting the people on the rig um, and they start to find out there's something maybe ancient lurking at the bottom of the ocean they've unleashed with Ooh. their drilling. So it's it's actually pretty good. Um, I also watched Lockwood & Co. Finish that on Netflix uh, with the ghost hunters. I, I, I binged that when I got home. And yeah. what, what was your opinion first? Because I don't want to... You know what? Honestly, I watched it thinking this is going to be so cheesy, like CW Same. level. And it surprised me in the fact that it was actually a decent story and decent effects. It wasn't grand. It wasn't this amazing thing that I watched, but it was entertaining. I was thinking last season of, what was that show? The Key House? Uh, oh, Lock and Key. Lock and Key. Yeah. It wasn't that bad. The acting was better than, yeah, yeah, yeah. than Lock and Key. The, you're right. The story was a little bit better. It's, I think I had low expectations going in. It didn't really exceed my expectations, yeah. but... It was it was watchable. There are a few things yeah. that frustrated me about the plot and storyline. Oh, for sure. Um, like, I just don't think they explain enough at times. I wanted to know more. I don't know if that's because they're saving it for season two. Are they even getting a season two? I don't know. Two? That's the hard part. I mean, I to me, I, I, as soon as we finish, there's only eight episodes. It's a really quick watch for you know those who want to watch it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, it to me was something where I went. Mm, I don't know if they're getting a season two. And and yeah. I don't say that a lot about shows when I watch them. It's hard with Netflix. Yeah. But honestly, though, it was, it was watchable. It was entertaining. I liked the original concept of it. So I think it's like a good background thing to watch or just something to throw on when you don't want to like think too hard. Jade, speaking of things that creep me out, though, in that show, I, I want to know if we're on the same page here. So you have the, the trio of kids, right? You mm-hmm. have Lockwood. You have uh, the girl Lucy, right? Uh, yes. Who's there? And then who's their friend? George is the friend? I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so there's the three of them that run this agency. And George ends up having this weird relationship, which, spoiler, might not be the best person, with this librarian type person. And get, Help me out here, Jade. These kids are supposed to be like, what, between the ages of 14 and like 16? Right? No, the three of them are between like sixteen and seventeen. Uh, They're definitely you not think that old. I thought they were like fifteen. No, Josh, she got like sold away to that like ghost oh, yeah, thing like when she was thirteen. Thirteen, okay. So yeah, because you have like to be thirteen, and they said it was like three to four years later. Regardless, yeah, these kids are still probably they're young. They're could still be teenagers. under eighteen. They had this weird romantic relationship with this woman who is easily in her thirties. Yes. Did you not find that creepy at all? Like well, I was, so, I was completely okay. creeped out so by that was the whole weird, time. So it was weird, but nothing ever actually happened between them. Like you know what I mean? Like they never. Like, they were like going on dates though. Yeah, but not really. They were investigating. He thought they were dates. So that's the thing is, there were definitely romantic undertones. Like he definitely had a crush on her. We don't really know what her feelings were, if they were true or not, because of what happens in the end. Yeah. But. 
it was definitely heebie-jeebie vibes because I was like, why am I sensing romantic tones between two characters that are very much that, not of the same age? That I, I yeah. talked about that literally audibly throughout the show because I was like, this is so fucking it was weird. weird. And it, it was weird. Oh, I think I can talk about this without it giving too much away because we never really find out. It's like the cliffhanger at the end. So spoiler, that part's a spoiler. He's keeping his dead parents in that fucking room. I 100% think that... Lock okay, Yes. He, Yes, right? the room that you can't go in. Yes. I mean, they literally tease it, and I'm like, he's keeping ghosts yes, up there. Yes, because he it's probably has this salt line or whatever yeah. that like traps the ghosts from going over the threshold yep. of the room. Or the chains or whatever Something, bullshit. whatever. Which, which, by the way, we never really, aside from the fact that they're like, oh, iron hurts ghosts, they never like they never explain like it. why any of that shit works. They're just like, oh, it does. Well, it's actually a really, really old school belief about ghosts and iron. So like, I know that, but. But like, they don't really explain it in the show. I mean, that's fine if they're like pulling from folklore, but like, yeah. tell us the rules of the right, world we're living like, in. Right, like, exactly. They never quite explain the rules. That's one of like, my frustrations. They never really give us the full background of what happens, and they never yeah. really tell us like, oh, these are the rules. They're like, they're kind of making them up, like we're in fucking, I don't know what, like, yeah. I don't know. It's just, it's frustrating. So moving on into some other stuff that I watched, uh, Physical 100, An Absolute Delight on Netflix, which is a reality competition series out of Korea Ooh. that kind of mirrors Squid Game. So basically they take 100 of Korea's like strongest or most athletic people and they put them through a series of tests to figure out who has what they say the best body. But the idea is to see like who's the most well-rounded like body type or uh you know the type of physical activity to do so i've seen the trailers let's not let's not miss words these guys are fucking jacked dude I, <laughs> josh i was watching this like ooh, i might need to move to korea i was like wow wow sir i'm not even talking just the men like the women too i was like and I'm, wait only, there's women in the show because i've only seen trailers josh, of just men there's just a completely lot. ripped of women in the show. They are not anywhere in any of the trailers that I've seen for the show. Well, the target audience, you know. <laughs> I, th- I think they're focused on a particular audience yes. for the show. <laughs> Me. Um, but not only is are they obviously just very attractive, but it's so insane to see the stuff they're putting them through and to actually see people accomplish it. It's like wild. Like they have them hanging from like these bars and they have to like, hang there for like as long as possible. And this is how they get ranked. And the one who got – who – basically held out the longest is 18 minutes hanging from a bar from his arms. 18 no, minutes. That's wild. They have them do wrestling like one-on-one to like keep a ball away <laughs> from each other. <laughs> Listen, when they get muddy, ooh. Um, Jesus. And yeah, it's definitely, you know. But then like they have them push a fucking 1.5 ton ship through sand and up an incline. Like it's fucking nuts. So this is like a reality version of like the Iron Man contest but in asia kind of yeah yeah Yeah. essentially it's but it's nuts it's weekly they drop two episodes every single week so it's not done yet it's still ongoing i there's like characters they're like real people but they feel like written characters like i feel like there's like villains there's like heroes (laughs) you know what i mean i'm like rooting for certain people and I, i i love it i'm obsessed um and then a new show, Extraordinary, that I just started watching oh. on Hulu. It is British and is basically about a world where everyone at 18 gets a superpower. Interesting. Except for this young girl who we follow who has never gotten her powers. And she's like 23 now. And so she's trying to figure out her life and who she is in a world full of superpowered people. It's really funny. It's like 30-minute episodes. Um, it's really fun and interesting also. <laughs> 
<laughs> the characters that they have. She like lives with her roommate and his bo- and her boyfriend, and, and they then were roommates. <laughs> they were roommates, and then there's another another character that I don't want to spoil anything. Who comes into it? Who's probably one of my all time favorites. I would maybe spoil his name is Jizz Lord. Oh my god. <laughs> I love it. It's, yeah, great watch. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> so, uh, obviously, we've been watching a lot of things throughout. Uh, I want to go back to the cra- crazy relationship uh, yes. thing because you mentioned this, and I didn't know. I only know him as the kid from, isn't it Maze Runner? No. What, what, what show the is it? Fuck? No, no, it's the kid from. He's from Kick Ass. Kick Ass. He's not even the kid. He's not, Josh. Wrong kid. He's been in Savages. Anna Karenina, he was in... The- he was in Anna Karenina. Yes, he's the print... Dude, Aaron Taylor Johnson is in everything. He was in Bullet Train. He looks he's like a lot of white guys. the King's Man... <laughs> he's Quicksilver. As a, as a, he's fucking Quicksilver in the Marvel movies. I don't... No one remembers Quicksilver. Well, because they had to kill him off <laughs> because him off. Fox was using him. Yes. But anyway, this... We were discussing throughout the week as we were doing this, we were talking about Lockwood & Co. He... What's his name again? Alan... Aaron Taylor, Aaron Taylor Johnson. Johnson. So, for those who don't know, he was the literally kick-ass from the kick-ass movies. That's where I know him from. Mm-hmm. He has a weird, creepy relationship in real life, right? Yes. With his wife, who I believe is like 30, no, maybe like 20 to 30 years older than him. How old is he? He's got to be in his 20s, right? So, he's the same age as me. Okay. He's 32. 32, okay. So, um, so she's like 60? Yes. his Weird. Yeah. She actually, let me go find her. So his name is actually Aaron Johnson. Okay. And when they got married, he adopted her last name and they created their own hyphenated name. So she's Sam Taylor Johnson. That is, I don't know why that seems gross. So she was born in 1967. He was born in 1990. Oh my God. Um, yeah. She remembers the Reagan administration. He wasn't even born yes. yet. So they're 23 years apart. And the reason why this is also so weird. This so, is the Caprio situation. Yeah. So but here's like, the thing. grosser, it seems. If they met today, him being 32 and her being, what, 50s, 60s? Sure. Whatever. Like, not a big deal. Age is, you know, you know what it is yeah. what it is. 23 years at this point. Wait, so but the, mar- How long have they been together? Since he was 18. No. Well, Everyone knows it's prior to 18 because uh, he was, I think, 16 or 17 when they first started filming um, on their first movie, which I can't, I can't remember what it was. She's a director. Okay. And she was married at the time and already had two children. And everyone talked about how during this filming process that they got really, really close. They would be spending all this time together. They got these like matching weird embroidered jackets oh. and they would come in like <laughs> arm in arm, but then they would constantly deny any sort of romantic relations. And then basically the moment he turned 18, she left her husband and immediately got with Aaron. They were married about a year later, immediately had a, a child with him. Jesus. Yes. And um, they, I think they have like two or three kids now. Or, no, they have two kids. And they don't spend any time apart. So like they talk about it in interviews where they're like, like he will literally say like, oh, it's like painful to be apart from her. Like, so if he. Aaron, are you okay? Are no, you, he's do you not. Need, do, you need, so, Josh, do you need someone? Like whenever he is filming, she is with him. So like they take turns. So, like if she's directing a film, he won't work so he could be with her. This feels very Katie Holmes like Tom Cruise. It like, is. Yeah. It, she has basically trapped him and in a way that he was so young and so vulnerable and he didn't understand I think love and relationships and she has controlled all that for him. She's basically 
people talk about how she's also controlled his career because he can't be the megastar he wants to be because he can't take roles when she's working because again there's that whole thing of they can't be apart like he tattooed her name on his chest oh no yes josh so pretty much everyone hates the relationship everyone hates her well there has been rumors sparked around a possible affair of Aaron Taylor Johnson and Joey King that occurred during their bullet train press tour. So this is what, I think this is what we were starting to talk about. And you're yes. like, you know, he's married. And I'm like, to who? Yes. And I had no, so like, no fucking wonder. Like, yeah. I mean, Jesus Christ. Like, yeah. Joey King, I don't know, I know nothing about Joey King, but I assume she's a normal, like, probably decent down-to-earth person yeah, she's for like what you can be in 20 something yeah. yeah like she's, she's like 26 right something like that yeah something yeah. like that yeah like she you know she's just a normal nice woman someone your age that yes. is doing fairly well in hollywood yeah and you know i can imagine and it's crazy to think though because he has been with incredible women in his films before oh, like yeah. but it's wild to me that if it's true that he did something with joey king i was like damn joey king she managed to do it no other one <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, I mean, it's Joey. I bet she's pretty convincing. Uh, I mean, she's yeah. been with like Jacob Ellardy and like a bunch of other really hot guys. I, I, I think she's know. yeah, she's killing it. She's doing all right. She's yeah, all right. yeah, she's doing okay for herself. But so, anyways, uh, basically everyone is like rejoicing in the fact that this may possibly open his eyes to the fact that maybe his relationship isn't normal and isn't great, and that he might actually leave his it's wife, which is terrible. It's, it's like crazy. It's but that that's creepy. Yeah. That, that's weird. I mean, look like. Age gaps are always like I know I can understand that. Like mm-hmm. I, I always say, like you said, people do your thing. Like if you're happy, great. yeah. Like, but it's weird when you see shit like that. When like it's yes. it's from like 18 to mm-hmm. like someone who's 30 something. Like it's different. Like you said, yeah. If someone was like, hey, I'm in my 20s or mm-hmm. I'm, I'm 25 and I met someone that's 48. Yes, and we're in love. Okay, great. Sure. Like fucking do, you do, do your you. fucking thing. Yeah. But I'm 18 and they're 40. They're that's fucking that's predatory like that's yes. i'm sorry like no Mm-mm. it is it's, it's totally predatory and i guess she's also knew his family too so i think she's also met him when he was like 12 like little jesus christ i know fucking mm. it's like anyway the, uh let's really bring the mood down yeah. uh, i really quickly uh just before we go into our movie this week a quick preview i don't think we can not talk about our watches without talking about the best show oh that's going on right now yeah the Last of Us on HBO. So I literally had to binge all of the shows. I think I'm actually one episode ahead of you now because... I know. And they released it early. They released it early. The fifth episode, which... Yeah. It, not as sad as episode three. Not as tear-jerky. Uh, but like... Get me every time. There is still like... I kind of knew it was coming because I know... I've never played the game, but I know a little bit about the game lore. Right. And I was like, I think I know. And I was like, mm, it was even sadder than I thought. It was... It's, yeah. It's pretty... Yeah. Anyway, though, uh, there was some sad news in real life, though, that came yes. out of the game, right? Yeah. So um, the actress Annie Vershing has passed away, I believe, from cancer. So she was known as she played um, the voice of Tess in the video games. Yeah. And I believe she's supposed to have a stint on the show as well, like uh, on Last of Us. But she um, is well known for – she's been in, like, a ton of series, like Runaways, Bosch, Star Trek Picard, um, Timeless. I know her – her last role, actually, was The Rookie. Okay. And she played a serial killer called Rosalind Dyer. And I loved her on this show. And 
they end up killing her off, spoiler, sorry, on the show in the weirdest way. And I was like, why are they just suddenly killing her off? And now that she's passed away and we realize it's from cancer, I realize that oh. more than likely she probably had to leave the show for health sick. reasons. Oh, yeah, Which is really sad. Um, oh, that is sad. Yeah. But uh, so what, Jade? am mm-hmm. I right in saying The Last of Us is probably the best show on TV right now? Yeah. A hundred percent. It is. This is the, there's, I feel like there's always a show that comes along that like everyone is talking about and like this is it this year. This might be the new Game of Thrones for them. Like I know they have House of Dragon, but I mean this might be the show that everyone, like. This is, yeah, I can't see, I could see them green lighting two more seasons based on this season alone. Yes. I, I don't know one person that's not talking about this show. Absolutely. I mean, and what's so great, this is, so. I love this kind of shit. Like, this is... I was a Walking Dead fan, as you know, for mm-hmm. years. Yeah, you held on. This is what... I still haven't finished the last Jesus season. Christ. I still haven't brought it there. It just dropped on Netflix, too, and I'm like, oh, I don't know if I can. Anyway, this is what everyone wanted The Walking Dead to be. This yeah. is what... You could maybe make an argument that this is what early seasons of mm-hmm. Walking Dead was, but this is even better because I've... This is what... I'm going into I have too many thoughts. This is what Resident Evil also should have been. This is oh, what Resident the, Evil should have the been. TV show, yeah. On, on Netflix, mm-hmm. the, if, if it had been this good, it would have been 10 seasons on fucking Netflix, no problem. Yeah, they went to teen drama with that. Way too teen drama. Yeah. I mean, this literally, I love watching the little vignettes after each oh, episode because same. it's literally one of the co creators is the guy who worked on the video game. He's the creative director on the video Which game. Which is why it's. It's, just, it's so on point. So, and that's why even the deviations from the the storyline of the actual game make sense. Yes, because they're making yep. common sense decisions to say, okay, this works in the video game environment. Yep, but it doesn't work in context of storytelling in mm-hmm. a you know episodic TV series. Yeah. Like even changing things like the spores from oh. being airborne to being yep. more like, okay, well, we're gonna make it bitten but yes. also we're gonna you know still stay true to what fungus actually is and make this underground yep. connective tissue and i'm like yeah this is fucking genius like yeah. every they're step smart they're decisions taking. and they're considerate of the source material and i yes. still am obsessed with the cuts that people have been making of the video game compared to the uh show and how exact like i mean talking the exact lighting. dialogue, the lighting, the camera shot movements. for shot. Yeah. Like they did one recently with um, the moment with Ellie and uh, Joel in the truck when she finds the Frank's magazine. <laughs> and it's literally exactly done the same way as the video game, even when she throws the magazine out the window and says like, goodbye, dude, or whatever. Yeah. And it's exactly what's written in the, they have in the video game. And I think it's so good for people who are like, you know, huge players of The Last of Us, like to have those moments of like, oh, they did the scene, they did the scene from the... And I'm sure the, like yeah. as someone who hasn't really played the game, uh, there's so much more stuff, like even in, yeah. uh, spoiler in this latest episode, I'll give away a quick thing, there's just a simple drawing on the wall. Mm-hmm. And it references apparently a, a, not a larger storyline, but a, a little backstory mm. line from the game. And so it's like a little nugget. And, they, and even the guy says that, he goes, we put that there because we know that people will see Who, the name yep. and go, holy shit, that's you know. fucking this, yeah. you know? And I'm like... That's so awesome. Like, as mm-hmm. someone, you know, I think especially us who grew up in the generation of, like, Lord of the Rings. Like, yeah. I, 
everyone in who has read the books and watches that movie, they will say the same things about certain parts. But like we all yeah. love it because it's little Easter so, eggs. Yeah, little Easter yeah. eggs, but it stays so true to the the actual source of the material. Yep. as close as it can be in a film environment. Yeah. Um, but I mean, holy shit, Nick Offerman! If he doesn't get fucking nominated for a supporting actor in that oh fucking God. role. Like and he's uh, he's acting opposite. Uh, oh fuck, I forgot his name. The guy Murray, from Marie Murray Abram. No, Murray Bartlett. Murray Bartlett. Who is a phenomenal fucking actor. Yes. And Nick Offerman, he needs to take more guest starring roles in stuff because I mean, he kind of was Ron Swanson a little bit. Like I think that's where we all know him yeah. from. But it was so much more serious. It was there was so much more depth, like yes, way more so nuanced. much more emotion, and yeah. it was like holy shit! Like, why is Nick Offerman not doing more fucking artsy? Like, I need to win an Oscar stuff. He does. He's had a few indie roles where he's kind of played characters like that. I just don't think people recognize him a lot from those things. Maybe I mean maybe that's it. But yeah. I mean this role blew me away. I've seen Nick Offerman in a lot of stuff, and this fucking blew me away. Yeah, you no, know, this was it, a it great was unreal, and I mean. Pedro Pascal is definitely getting an Emmy for this. He, he has to. He has to. This this show, like next year when we're talking about this, if we're still doing a podcast, uh, <laughs> this show is going to be Emmy crazy. I mean, it's gonna it's gonna be up for best series. It's gonna be up for best directing. It's gonna be up for best. I mean, costuming. I don't know. It, yeah, I, it's cinematography, like special effects. Times. Yeah, like, yeah. It has to be. What, yeah. I mean, what's your favorite part so far? Oh my god, I just love. Um, I just love those small moments of storytelling where I think rather than it just being this nonstop action, like we're going, go, 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 go. We're killing, killing, killing. I like how they take the time to have really emotional moments resonate with the audience. And I think when you do that, you connect with the characters and the story so much more. So, you know, each time you kind of see Ellie struggling a little bit, you can kind of see her her walls breaking down because she just has this tough exterior. She kind of pretends to like not care about anything. But you can tell that she does that because she's experienced so much loss in her life. She's trying to protect herself. And same with Joel. You see Joel do the same thing where he doesn't want to care for Ellie because he's lost so much. But at the same time, you see that he's he's still starting to warm up to her and he still is protective of her in the same way that he was of like Sarah. And so it's just, I think taking the time to flesh those moments out makes this so solid. I think the casting in this too is just so on point. Like, you know, I I talk about casting a lot and how important it is, but I mean, this, I mean, Bella Ramsey, I mean, I I remember the, what was it? Season three, season four of Game of Thrones Mm -hmm. when she had that surprise, like, I mean, it was supposed to be a throwaway fucking character and a throwaway line, and she was never supposed to appear in the series again. Yeah. And it was so good. And I remember going, who the fuck is this? Mm-hmm. Like, who is this person? She needs to be in more shit. And then seeing her in Birdie and getting cast in this, yes. it's a genius choice. And I mean, her opposite Pedro Pascal, mm-hmm. I couldn't see anyone playing this role except for Pedro, which is odd because even in the game like everyone's white in the fucking game like the game tries to act like it was so goddamn diverse and it's mm, not it's fair, it, fairly white it, especially the first game and they really have made some conscious decisions yes to change not only like they could have easily cast ellie as someone a little more traditional i guess you could say uh in a sense and not bella ramsey and i think it would have been a worse show. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I totally agree. I think when you take into consideration who is going to embody the character the best. Yeah. Like that's really when you get the 
the the best show, you know, especially when it's like when you do diversity casting and you do it not for the sake of diversity, but you're actually doing it with the intention of... For the of, sake of the characters. Yes. And you go, well, you embody the character as well. And like, that's what makes it so perfect and, and what makes it work. Like, I... Yeah, like I hundred percent agree. I think it's, casting yeah. was beautiful. I'm excited to see. I can't. I, I'm sad now because I watched it on Friday night. I'm sad. That nothing I look to forward wait, to on Sunday. Like, yeah, I, I had nothing to look forward. Well, I guess it's Super Bowl, <laughs> but you know, we'll, we'll see how that yeah. goes. Movie review. First look. Uh, we're we're running a little heavy, but let's do a first look at our movie this week, which yes. is You People on Netflix. Stars, of course. Jonah Hill, uh, Julie Marie Dreyfus, and Eddie Murphy, amongst others. But, uh, Jane, what are your first thoughts on this movie? You know, I thought this is basically going to be just like the movie Guess Who with Ashton <laughs> Kutcher and uh, Bernie Mac. But, um, it's not. <laughs> no, it's definitely not. I think they do a really good job of bringing in like the very humorous moments, kind of making fun of, especially the way that like, especially Joe Louise Dreyfus's character, where it's like the white person that tries too hard and, yes. it, and then it ends up actually going the opposite direction. But at the same time, like they have these really touching, really honest moments that do talk about not only just race, but also like religion and generations. And I think they tie together really well. So I was very presently, pleasantly, sorry, surprised by this movie. I was as well. And you know, I I think this is a if you're looking for something to watch for Valentine's Day, I think as a couple, <laughs> and you want to watch something different from the traditional rom com, yeah, I think it's a good movie. Like, yeah. there are some really funny lines. Like, I wrote down so many quotes from this movie oh, yeah. because it's outrageous. Like, it's written by <laughs> uh, both Jonah Hill and I can't remember Kenya Harris, Kenya Harris, who also is a creator of Blackish. Am I yes. right? Yeah. So. It's Sorry, Kenya Barris. Kenya Barris. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, was, I remember it was Kenya, but um, really, I think some of the lines are really smartly written. Yes. Uh, some of the dialogue in general is really <laughs> interesting and fun. And it's, it's, it is very uh, kind of a running commentary on, on current culture, you know, yeah. in America today, um, especially as it relates to, you know, white culture, black culture, and even Jewish culture to an extent. It's interesting. Like it, yeah. it's a really fun, interesting. Movie. I did not think I would enjoy myself as much as I did when I started Same. this movie because, mm-hmm. especially the way that it's promoted, is yeah. promoted much more as a comedy. And yes, it's very funny, mm-hmm. but there are also some very serious moments and some interesting, like enlightening moments yeah. to kind of like make yeah, you think exactly. about things. I also enjoyed that Eddie Murphy didn't play Eddie Murphy in this movie. Yeah, I, I expected different. his very typical kind of like over the top silly goofy Eddie Same. Murphy. But like he was a little bit more serious, a little bit more grounded. And I, yeah, I was just wasn't expecting it. It was good. Well, uh, we'll talk more about this after the break. Uh, we're going to review our movie this week, which is You People, which is streaming now on Netflix. Feature presentation. Uh, uh, Ezra, <laughs> what are you up to these days? Got a girlfriend? No. But you don't like getting pussy? Uh, okay. Hearing the word pussy come out of your mouth does make me question whether or not I like it. Back again, up in this mother- I'm never gonna meet a woman who understands me. I don't think I've heard of a man ever who wanted to be in a relationship so badly besides Drake. And I'm talking views Drake. They hear that loud. I feel like Bees Drake, alone on a building, dangling my legs off, wondering what it's like to feel companionship. Ah! Ah! What the fuck? What the fuck? What are you doing? 
okay, but you're not getting five stars. No, 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 Uber driver. I mean, honestly, you guys are twins. Oh my God, wait, she really does look like me. I'm sorry, this was insane. Let me make it up to you. You're dating a black girl? I've never felt so understood by somebody in my entire life. Whether you like it or not, we kind of go together now. You're my boo, come on. I'm gonna ask her to marry me. Do you plan to talk to our family? Yeah, I just haven't had the chance to meet them. What's going on? Tell me about life. How are you? This is your white granddaddy come back to haunt me. What? Now this is my fault? <clears throat> so you want to marry my daughter? Yes. Yes, I do. Well, Ezra, you could try. Our movie this week is You People. It's streaming now on Netflix. And Jade, are, are we even qualified to talk about this movie? <laughs> I am definitely not Jewish enough and I'm not black. <laughs> so like, yeah, I, I, I'm going to try and be sensitive sometimes to some of it. But I really did enjoy this movie and I thought it was smartly written by both Jonah Hill and uh, I just had his name. Con- Kenya Barris. Kenya Barris. There we go. Mm-hmm. Uh, who's the creator of Blackish uh, amongst uh, has many other credits to his name as well. Uh, but Jade just some, I guess before we get started here, mm-hmm. because we haven't even really told people what this movie's about. Yes. You want to give us a quick little synopsis of the film? Yeah. So You People follows a new couple and their families who find themselves examining modern love and family dynamics amidst clashing cultures, societal expectations, and generational differences. So as I said, this movie is directed by Kenya Barris. It's also written by him along with Jonah Hill. And of course, as we... Said it a little bit earlier. It stars Jonah Hill, Julie Marie mm-hmm. Dreyfus, Eddie Murphy, Lauren London, mm-hmm. and has many other cast of characters that you would probably recognize. And Jay did did the three uh, the three of them. And what I mean by that mm-hmm. is Julie Marie Dreyfus, Eddie Murphy, and Jonah Hill just pull in all their friends from all their other projects to fill in some of the casting here. Oh, a hundred percent. The whole time I was watching this, I was like, this felt like a. Very much like a kind of in thing of like, hey, we're doing this film. Like, do you want to be a part of it? And they just kind of pulled them in uh, because most of them have either like done a project with like Kenya Barris or like G- Julia Louis-Dreyfus or, of course, Jonah Hill. So, I mean, and of course, Eddie Murphy and all his comedian like yeah. friends. Like, I mean, I saw I saw two alumni from Veep, yep. uh, Matt Walsh and uh, Nelson Franklin, who I- I'm sure you know had a connection with Julia Louis-Dreyfus. Also, when you talked about comedians, we had what? Um, Mike Epps Mike was Epps. on there. We also have um, Anthony Anderson Anthony and Anderson. Dion Cole, who are both on Blackish. And some of them played like very small roles, but they just yeah. kind of appear. And I'm like, holy shit, you're you're like a major person, and you're just here in this movie. You're just here, yeah. Like we have Travis Bennett from Dave, Neil Long, who very famous actress, um, and you have people like Elliot Gold, Rhea Perlman. I mean, like. David Duchovny. Um, yeah, David Duchovny. I almost forget he's in the fucking movie because there's so many people. So many, yeah. Like, Although the- his lines, incredible. <laughs> his whole we're, role. We'll get there. Amazing. Like, yeah. He, before, yeah, I know we're going to get there, but I mean, <laughs> I have to talk about this. So, like, I love the whole white family aspect of the, the, the black and Jewish, like, yes. relationship that's portrayed here in this movie. Because I think I can relate more to that than, you know, the other side. Yeah. The, <laughs> he just trying to, like, be cool and say things that uh, he thinks are relevant. Yeah. Like, he plays a perfect out-of-touch dad just yes. in general. And then, like, culturally kind of, like, not quite inappropriate, but to the point where you kind of go, 
Dad, shut the fuck up. It's like, just Dad, cringy. Shut, Jake, like, yeah. Jake, shut up. Like, I would say, like, probably Shelly, Julie Louise Dreyfus's character is probably to the point where she tries, she drinks she gets so offensive. hard that it's offensive. Yeah. Whereas, like, David Duchovny's character, it's, like, just cringy more he, than anything. It's not he's offensive, just embarrassing but it's just, Dad. Like, yes, he's embarrassing exactly. Dad perfectly. Like, it's just classic dad in a way where it's like he just has this obsession with exhibit and he keeps talking about his music and his life like i think he reads his biography at the rehearsal he does and i just it's those little moments they just crack me up because they are it's like you like as a child i would be like i'd be like oh my god this is so fucking embarrassing like stop but at the same time like it's like so earnest in a way because he really does love exhibit We had to get. We had to do that. Let's start with our first burning question about this movie, Jade. What was trash? So it's just like a few things. Um, The first one for me was that classic. I think this just kind of comes along with the territory of being maybe a romantic comedy, but it's like Ezra and Amira not really communicating how their in laws are really making them feel. Jesus Christ! Like they kind of keep doing this thing where it's like they'll get annoyed but they like will bicker with each other rather than just being like hey i don't really appreciate like the way your dad does this your mom does this they, they kind of do to an extent but then they keep being like you know what? i don't want to talk about it i don't want to talk about it and i'm like you can't do that like when you're about to share your life with someone you need to communicate about these things especially when it's you're sharing families like that and you're going to be around their family for essentially forever well and two like you know, you're obviously facing different pressures, right? Because yes, I mean, even, yeah. even a normal relationship, when I say normal, like air quotes, but I mean, you know, not coming from very different backgrounds, yes, yeah. even not coming, you know, having similar upbringings or similar economic status. Like, yeah, like mm-hmm. you, you still should have those conversations and like need to have those conversations yes. to have a long term relationship. But I can't even imagine with adding the extra pressure of coming from different perspectives. Yes. Different, you know ethnic backgrounds coming Mm -hmm. from different cultural backgrounds even i mean he's jewish they're muslim yep you know and stuff but i mean i think what does help them in though in this movie though Mm -hmm. they're both filthy fucking rich their family which is just to me like you you don't you You guys are both rich it's fine i will say you people in this is that you people don't have real problems (laughs) (laughs) i'm sorry you rich people i'm sorry you rich people is what i mean by that yes because none of them had even real jobs and i was like no how do you You have this house jade jade i'm so confused by that okay we're Going way off the rails here, but no, no, no. I mean, this is trash. They bought a fucking house in, I'm assuming, Orange County, fucking California. A nice ass neighborhood in LA. A nice ass neighborhood in LA. So we're talking, what, two million easy, right? A million and a half? Something like like that. that. He quits his job. Mm -hmm. He quits his job and is able to do fucking podcasting. Yes. Meanwhile, she doesn't have steady work. No, and, and did you notice? He said, oh, I can float you yes. for a couple of months. How? You don't have a fucking job. Thank you, job. Josh. You don't have the a same fucking thing. job. When he was like, I can float you for a couple of months, I was like, on your podcast on your salary? Podcast How salary? popular is your fucking podcast? podcast? All I can think of is like, this is the privilege you get when you have so much fucking money, family money to just fuck around with. Yes. I thought about it the whole time. I was like, why so are that we... was tra- That's the real trash that's, of this yeah, fucking movie. Trash. But yeah, no, the, but the miscommunication though really upset me because I'm like, that is something that, I notoriously do in a relationship. Like if I was moving forward with someone and I was in this position and I 
their in-laws were disrespecting me. I'm not the type of person to like bite my tongue and let it happen. Absolutely I not. would literally be like, your mom's a fucking bitch. She keeps <laughs> saying this shit to me and she continues to say this shit to me. Like this is going to be done. Either you cut your relationship off with your mother or I do. And it means like this doesn't move forward. Well, I, like, think, I think to your point, this movie falls into the Like I said, I think some of the dialogue is very genius in this movie. Oh, but yeah, on the yeah. opposite side of that, the plot suffers a lot and yes. it falls into the tropes of your classic romantic comedy where yep. everything could have been solved by just having a little a bit of communication. Yep. And that's goes on for two hours yeah. until the very end of the movie where they finally have a fucking conversation. Yes. And you're like, this could have all been avoided. And I think that's what was the problem for me is nothing really happens in the movie. Like, yeah. like as far as driving the plot forward, mm-hmm. like, yeah, the whole point is they get there. You know, they're going to get married. Like, that's right. the whole point of the movie. But like, even my problem with romantic comedies is a lot of the time that conflict point, that point where you know they're going to break up or have mm-hmm. a strain in a relationship, isn't that big of a deal. And even in this movie, yeah. it isn't. It's just because they decide, oh, this is too much because we're too different. But it's like, no, yeah, you're not really that different. You guys work together great. Your fucking families are having a problem and they're kind of dicks. But you know what? At a certain point in your life, everyone's families are dicks. Yeah, like that's what happens. Like they don't always get along. Well, that was the thing too. Is like I was like, like where's the like I would have had a moment where I would have sat everyone down. Like I would have had his mother, her dad, and both of them in a room and have been like, look, here's here's what's going on, and we want to talk about this as adults, and we need to just just put everything out on the floor because yeah. they have that airing of grievances moment at the rehearsal dinner, which is what causes them to like break up in the first place but really that airing of grievances should have happened way earlier and should have been it should have been a conversation with multiple people and not just like jonah hill and eddie murphy and then like lauren london and, and Louis dreyfus like you know it but anyways that's yeah that that failed me in terms of like i wanted it to be a little bit smarter and a little bit more clever like for the plot for how well done the rest of the film is 100 and you know what i think one of the other real tragedies of this is uh sam J, who mm-hmm. is uh the co-host on the podcast her name yeah. is mo the character mo in this movie is completely wasted in this movie yes i think because you have this I think really interesting in the beginning it's really interesting mm-hmm. is you have the podcast called The Culture which just makes me fucking laugh yeah. because they're like what's your podcast about the the culture the, the culture <laughs> the, whose culture what you know like sports music music and they're like i don't understand what your podcast is yeah i think it's everyone's podcast though like you try to explain any podcast and they're like what's it about and everyone's like oh that's it's cool. I'll Especially a conversational podcast because it's like, what are you <laughs> What are you talking about? about? Yeah. But obviously, you know, in the beginning it was really interesting because they start talking about, you know, obviously different cultural aspects mm-hmm. between, you know, him being Jewish and her being, you know, a black woman. Mm-hmm. But like, I feel like there wasn't enough. Like one, no. she's wasted because I thought that there were going to be more connection and friendship moments between the two characters, yeah. Jonah Hill and Sam J, but they're really wasn't outside the show Mm -hmm. and i thought they were actually going to make more commentary on black culture white culture Mm -hmm. jewish culture in the moments they had in the podcast yes sometimes they touched on it but i don't know like i feel like it wasn't they saved it towards the end yeah yeah you i agree because i felt like that would have been the perfect sounding board for ezra jonah hill's character to be like hey mo like 
yeah, uh, this is what I'm dealing with. Like, you know, can, can you give me a little bit of perspective or like, you know, am I in the wrong or how should I go about it? Because like I having trouble talking to Amira about it or just anything. I'm having, because, tr- I'm having trouble talking to her dad, relating yes, to him. Yeah. Like, and how she, do I relate to him better? She checks him a lot throughout the show. And I think that would have been also a great opportunity for t- her to check him as well again and be like, hey, look, you know what? Like. Well, this is I what even, it is. Yeah. I even thought they were going to use the podcast segments as like a sounding board for like more serious race yes. relation issues. Like same, like same. Uh, Julie Marie Dreyfus's character kind of not Ugh. jokes, but they make a joke about police brutality. Like they yes. they kind of treat it seriously, but then kind of like make some jokes about it. But I was like, yeah. oh, maybe they're going to cut back to the podcast and actually mm-hmm. say something like really profound and yes it, they really yeah. missed an opportunity there i think i think so too yeah i agree i think that was a little bit of a fail because it was introduced we didn't really get anything else out of it and i think that could have been a really good um you know use of driving the plot forward and yeah well let's abandon the the trash because i really did enjoy this movie I did and too. let's talk about some of the treasure moments what were some of those for you jade oh uh, i loved that for film that obviously it it's mainly around like the racial aspect of it, but I do like that they included religion and generational like you know society pressures because it's it's more inclusive of actually how people are. Like the two of them, Ezra and Amira, you have these kind of like they are of the new generation, right? So it's like they enjoy some of the same things because. If you think about it, culture kind of expands, it evolves, it starts to kind of spread out. So, you know, he talks about it in the movie, his character, Ezra, where he's like, I was raised by hip hop. I was raised in L.A. Yeah. Like, these were the things that I was enjoying. He's like, I know I'll never understand what it's like to be a black person here. And he's like, I know, understand that I'm participating in a culture that is maybe not my own. But he's like, but it's what I surrounded myself with. And so it's a part of who I am. And that's kind of how Amir is as well. And so... They have all these shared things together because of how they were raised. But at the same time, there is all these things that do kind of keep them separate. Like when they talk about who's going to um, – what is it? What is it? At the wedding. Uh, oh, so he uh, wants his marry rabbi. Them. Yeah, yeah, marry he, them. Yeah. He's like, officiate. Yeah. Well, she, well, he goes, I'm not like super Jewish. So like yeah. we could do a rabbi. But he's like, let's just get a friend to do it. Yeah. And he's like, no, we're doing it a mom. Yeah. Like, she's like, I want a mom. We're doing it a mom. He, she's, she's like, you're not that Muslim. Like, why yeah. would you? Yeah. <laughs> and they start having this argument about it. He's like, should we face our bed towards like Mecca? And, and like, you know, it's like rude. But at the but same time, it's like. I think it's a real conversation. Like that to is. me is a real. Like even outside of being, you know, like Jewish and, and black. Like yeah. that's a real conversation that that. You have, Everyone like has. you know because if you're you know maybe your parents grew up catholic yep. or maybe you want someone was raised sudden, in yeah. you know an evangelical or maybe someone was a mormon yep. you know and you're like oh um i'm not that much but you know and then you're like wait why do we care all of a sudden that we're getting married because people care about that shit when you're getting married yes exactly and i think i think it's nice because it's like these conversations go just so outside of it's not one note essentially yeah. like they're talking about everything it's even like Again, with the generational thing, like Eddie Murphy talks, you know, his character is very like old school. He has that conversation with his kids at the cafe and he's like, you know, what's going on? Like, you know, all of a sudden, like all these white people are in our neighborhood enjoying the things. But then his kids are like, well, it stimulates our economy. And then we get to earn more and we get to bring more back into our own community. Right. Since that, again, it's like that same conversation of more than just like. He's worried about appropriation. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Although he did make an interesting comment where he was, you know, talking about, you know, they're used to, he was talking about the color of people's skins, honestly. Oh, yeah. You know, and and I feel like this conversation could have also been written for, you know, one of the white characters as well, because 
you talk about this like he's talking about lighter skinned black people and Mm -hmm. like you know he's like there aren't any darker people here but i mean that really speaks to what america in general is becoming like yeah we're becoming more mixed and like you know darker eventually most people aren't going to be white you know and that's Probably for the so best. It's I think mean, it's okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, one thing I, I'm going to kind of take away for a minute. I, you know, not really looking at you know the the white, black, or Jewish you know side of this. It was interesting to me to see two romantic characters as leads that were plus size people. Yes, that I is that not too. common. Jonah Hill and and Lauren, um, Lauren London. London are both non traditional like. Yeah, attractive slash like yeah, they're not what like you would think your of skinny mini skinny like, like Hollywood like yeah. model looking I mean, Hollywood. Lauren London's they're both plus gorgeous, size people, but yeah, she's not like svelte. No, I mean yeah. she, she's an attractive woman, but like yeah, they're both like I said, not traditional like size two like for yes. her or even yeah. like he's not super jacked. He's not fucking Ryan Reynolds or yes. something like that. I thought that was kind of another interesting aspect that's not really talked about yeah. in the film. Mm-hmm. But is also just kind of acknowledged and accepted by everyone. There, there's no like odd remarks about it. There's no. Yeah. There was never a moment. Do you notice there was never a moment when they were talking about the wedding where that people would say like, "Oh, you need to fit into the dress," or yes. you need to slim down for something." There was never any talk yeah. about that. No in discussion. This film. Which, by the way, happens to characters that are size two. That, that are skinny, s- tiny, skinny people, and yet somehow they feel the need to add that into a script. That yeah. somehow people need to comment on someone's like weight or like they're still not like good enough. Which, yeah, like I think this was great showcase of that. Yeah, no, it, I, th- I thought that was very refreshing and smart, and like I said, very under the radar, not talked about in the movie, but was very interesting to me to just kind of observe that yeah. throughout this film. Because it's almost like saying, hey, you know what? This is normal. This, this is, is just this what people are, are like. These are just two normal people yeah. kind of getting along. Yeah. yeah. And wanting to have a relationship. It's just what life looks like. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, anything else before we move on? I really want to get to performance and quotes because I have so Same. many quotes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Who, I don't know. I could go a lot of different directions with best performance. I had a hard time with this one. Yeah. I did. Um... I feel like I put Jonah Hill because obviously we followed him the most. And yeah. so we got to see more of his performance. And I think he does a fantastic job in this. Um, but I think Lauren London also did an incredible job. I mean, Eddie Murphy in this. Again, this is a role that we got to see him in that we don't typically get to see him in. Especially so. coming out off of, was it Coming to America too? Where he, yes, you know, that's right. I, his last movie, yeah. Had one, I, I think that's what we traditionally are used to Same. seeing Eddie Murphy mm-hmm. do. You yeah, know? no, I think this was a great deviation from that. So, but yeah, like I said, I, I put Jonah Hill, but I mean, I would agree. Like, I I really like Lauren uh, London in this. Mm-hmm. Like, I really thought she was interesting. This is the first time I, I think in any movie I really got to see her acting ability. Yes, forefront, you know, because she's been in other stuff. Yeah. But here, she's more of a lead. Yeah, she's yeah. definitely more of a lead. Mm-hmm. Julie Marie Dreyfus, though, I mean, <laughs> just I, I think it's because. That reminds me of a little bit of my family, and or at least family members that I have, yeah, who Ugh. they want to try and be accepting, but like yeah. to a point where it's not. And even sometimes it's like you almost when, go like reverse, exactly. Yeah. Even sometimes their compliments are bad, you know, they're like offensive. Yes, even when they're not meant to be, but sometimes they are yeah. meant to be, and they're just trying to oh. be polite. It's that waspy politeness. Watching her, I was like cringing and i think it does speak to her ability as an actress because yes. i was viscerally uncomfortable 
watching her character. 100%. <laughs> Even more so than like Eddie Murphy's character. No. You know what I mean? Because well, with I think Eddie Murphy, it's like you could tell he was going overboard, but at the same time, but he knew what he was doing. Yes. She was trying to be empathetic at times. And at times. With her, it's like you just were like, God, she's, it's like she's trying, but it's so bad. And there was a certain level of fakeness there too. Yes. To the whole thing where you're just like, this is, this is uncomfortable. This is, I'm not. She's being like overly polite. Yeah. Um, So yeah, great. I mean, great acting all the way around though in this movie. Best quote, Shade. I want to dive right into this because I, (laughs) I wrote down like, 12 and i'm not gonna get to all of them but i mean <laughs> way more than i do for most movies yes this, the quotes from this are incredible no there's some great ones okay go what did you, what's your first so right one? off the top there was this is an argument between ezra and mo and they keep comparing like the different levels of drake by his albums oh my god so i just love this one he's like i'm literally take care drake i'm in an italian restaurant by myself with a bunch of chains drinking minachevitz out of a goblet (laughs) and wondering when the fuck it is my turn to feel deep happiness and connection i was rolling this whole conversation so fucking (laughs) so this is uh ezra is i think dating this is before he meets um amira amira Mm -hmm. and goes He's talking with this woman, and they're at a deli, of course, uh, <laughs> because I guess they're Jewish. But he goes, she goes, you're, they're talking about his podcast. And oh, she goes, yeah. you're a Jew from West L.A. What do you know of the culture? Yes. This, this deli is your culture. And I was like, oh, my God. Yeah, that would have written down, too. Uh, so good. I love us. So this is like, uh, they're all at um, Temple, like, Jonah Hill and his family and so him and his sister start getting into it and she she's like you look like a dad who lost his kid at Coachella and he's like you look like a principal of a Hebrew school at Hogwarts <laughs> and then she ends it with you look like a young Hulk Hogan and I was just like burned sick burn David Duchovny that was my favorite line, one of my favorite <laughs> lines from him and he's we're talking about he talked a lot about exhibit but oh, this God. is literally when it's like the first time Amir is meeting the family and like already Julie Marie Dreyfus's character the mom has like said a whole bunch of like semi-offensive things and Ezra had to pull her into another room mm-hmm. and he's like, hey, we need to fucking talk for a minute. And he's just sitting there on the couch just like, hey, cool. And he goes, remember that show? Pimp My Ride? That was a blast. You know, is Exhibit still in the rap game? And I was like, oh my God. I feel like it like hurts me to know that I don't know I might be him. Like you know what I mean? Like I was watching that and Dude, I was like, oh, I a hundred percent know that would be me. Like yes, Josh, I, I, I was like, oh, I am gonna I be that. Like you know, if I have a kid that brings home someone, I'm gonna be like fifty something years old, still watching whatever the equivalent of TikTok is at the time. I'm gonna oh, be like, cool. I'm gonna be like, so does my son have the Riz? And they're gonna be like, what? <laughs> like. Oh, yeah, it's a thing kids are saying, right? And they'll be like, no, that's not it's how like, you say it. Yeah. It's not. Don't. It's hard. Yeah. God, so good. I love, oh, so there was a moment when, um, like, this is when Ezra uh, was going to propose to Amira. Oh, so my he, God. He bought a ring, and he oh. shows it to Mo. Oh, but can we talk about the ring for just a second before we go to this? Yes. He buys a goddamn Tiffany ring, and yeah, it's a little bit small, but, like, it's from that Tiffany. ring has to be fucking $15,000. Yeah. Easy. That's what killed me is he was talking Easy. about the diamond size and I was like, but you bought it from but a fucking Tiffany's. Tiffany's. Ring. Fifteen, twenty thousand dollars for that ring, right? Yeah. I'm not yeah. wrong, right? So, okay. Yeah. So basically he's like he's like, oh, like it's really small. So he's like basically says like he's gonna lie and say it's his grandma's from the Holocaust. <laughs> and then Mo is like, Yeah, but you, you gotta holocaust it down. You gotta dirty it up a little bit. And I was like, Holy fucking shit. And then when he finally gets it to a mirror, he's like, It's from the Holocaust, that's why it's so small. <laughs> I love, I love the line though. He's like, you can't say shit once you drop the holocaust. Yes, yes. 
so fucking good. This is one of my favorite ones where I think it's one of the first times that Ezra's meeting uh, Amira's parents. And he's talking to both of them and kind of going, you know, talking about all these, uh, you know, like black people or historical figures that he really looks up to and admires. And he's, you know, kind of rambling because he's nervous, but he's like, you know, and, and he goes, and then you got the goat and, you know, blah, 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 blah. And they're like, the goat? And he goes, yeah, the greatest of all time. Yeah. And he's like, the go- yeah, but who are you referring to, Yeah, Ezra? And they go, oh, our guy. <laughs> our guy, Malcolm X. And he goes, they both go, our, our guy? guy? Yes. <laughs> he's like, yeah, yeah, our guy. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, that whole conversation God. made me uncomfortable. so uncomfortable. <laughs> like, so good. Um, I do love, though, I think it was in that same conversation, like when Eddie Murphy, because he brought him to Roscoe's Chicken, and he's like, so do you hang out in the hood all the time, or do you just come here for our food and women? <laughs> food and women? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh. Uh, the, the last one, though, is when he resi- Ezra resigns oh. from his job. His job. And he tries to be all tough and gives his boss mm-hmm. a letter and like this talk and he goes, just drops the letter and runs basically. Mm-hmm. And his boss picks up the fucking letter and goes, yeah. who resigns in Helvetica? Josh, <laughs> I was dying at that one because as someone who works in graphic design and I fucking think not about fonts all goddamn day long. Like when he said that he resigns in Helvetica, I was like, oh, that, that would be me. That would oh, be me. Wild. And, yeah. Any last ones? Uh, you know, I just love this one from Eddie Murphy because it just applies to my everyday life. Oh, is, God. He says, I'm starting to hate the world each day. Yeah. Same. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Wise so, words. From yeah. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, Jade, where do you rate this film? Uh, you know, I think for me, as much as I loved it, I actually think it's a shelf. I think it was really, really good. It's such an enjoyable watch. I just don't know if I'll ever return to it because it does fall in the romantic comedy category for me so it's just that thing of like hmm, like I, I might watch it again but it's not like blowing me away i'll say you know i'll, I'll give it this for valentine's day would recommend watch i'll give it a gem compared yes. to 98 percent of things oh that are on netflix yeah. right now mm-hmm. it doesn't deserve the low rating that it has but i have to agree like overall am i gonna mm-hmm. come back to this probably not. it's probably a shelf for me as yeah, well. yeah like it's just it's good it's funny if the plot maybe was a little different or had a little more i'd probably rewatch. Yeah. Uh, but I would I would recommend at least one watch through because sure. it's it's thoroughly enjoyable. It's well written mm-hmm. and it's more interesting than ninety percent of the rom coms out there. Yeah. So that was it. That yeah. was our review of You People. It's streaming now on Netflix. Give it a watch for Valentine's Day. I like your braids. Thank you. Exhibit had braids. We built a pretty awesome life together. We just need to protect it. Oh, so you're all Muslim. Very much so. I love it. Well, this kufi that I'm wearing was actually a gift from the Honorable Louis Farrakhan. Mm. Are you familiar with the minister's work? Well, I'm familiar with what he said about the Jews. You know what? Let's I- have dinner. What's the difference between me and you? You talk a good one, but you don't do what you're supposed to do. Your family, my family. I don't know how this is going to work. Well, we were technically OG slaves. Are you trying to compare the Holocaust to slavery? We lost the potatoes. Our people came here with nothing like everybody else. It's a very uncomfortable conversation.
Are you kidding me? Did we me? ever figure out what happened with the potatoes Are you and kidding the ETA me? on those? And once again, our movie was You People. It's streaming on Netflix if you haven't canceled yours yet. Are, are people doing that, Jade? Are people actually, do you think they're mad enough about the password sharing thing that they're canceling? I don't know. I mean, who cares that much? It's Netflix. You're going to miss out on did, all of the oh. shit because you're pissy about password sharing? I don't know. Jade, I, I, I do have to make a confession. Um, I, I, I think I may have scared Netflix off from being a sponsor of the show. Oh. I said, I, they, <laughs> they tweeted out uh, something I thought was kind of asinine. They were basically like, uh, something uh, to the effect of, uh, you know, uh, where uh, the password uh, thing uh, doesn't mean that you you just have to be home and you can still use it while traveling. And they're trying to make excuses for the password mm-hmm. thing. So they did a bumbling tweet. And I said, okay, Blockbuster. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, though, I was a little mad that I didn't get, his, get a little more attention for that tweet. I thought it was very funny. And I, I didn't get... I think likes. we'll be safe. Yeah, uh, with uh, Netflix they, coming out. Yeah, maybe, yeah. Maybe, yeah. Maybe I think we'll be see. all right. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, you know, Jade, we have a lot to talk about. Probably next week already. We haven't yeah. mentioned the Oscars yet. Mm-hmm. Those nominations came out about two weeks ago, and yeah. I've been trying to make my way through a handful of the best pictures just so that I can, uh, you know, at least shit on them. Contribute a little bit. Yeah. yeah, 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 I, yeah. I, really, it's that I can shit on them and say that's absolutely not going to win. And yeah. that should win. Uh, I hope that Everything Everywhere at Once wins in, I think it's nominated for Best Director. Oh, uh, yeah. And I think Best Picture as well, if I'm not mistaken. It's, it should win, but yeah. it probably won't. Um, mm. Because fucking Hollywood. Yeah. But anyway, uh, we'll probably talk about that next week a little bit. But, Jade, what are we going to watch next week? So we are watching Triangle of Sadness that is now available to rent on Amazon. And I think there's still some viewings in th- some theaters. So I'm going to try to use my movie pass uh, because I need to burn some credits because I've been out of country. So yeah. I might try to do that if there's some uh, loose showings of Triangle of Sadness. Because <laughs> what I love about this time of year is everything that's nominated. Uh, this is one that's nominated for yes. an Oscar. Is it comes back in theater for a limited run. It does. Like everything everywhere at once came in for a limited run. Oh yeah. Uh, well, that Kate Blanchett's movie Tar is God. in like two theaters. Jesus. <laughs> uh, I don't know why I keep shooting on that. I just know it's going to not. Because it's not going to be good. It's not going to be good. It's, it's going to be one of those movies, those artsy movies you watch, and you're like, "This is so painful. I'm never going to watch this again." But yeah, yeah. yeah. So maybe we'll try to do that uh, now and then. But what is a uh, Triangle of Sadness about, James? So. It is about a fashion model celebrity couple who join an eventful cruise for the super rich, um, which is a really simple way of just saying this is about kind of kind of clashing of a little bit of like cultures and a bit of uh, societal like rank um, and just kind of things. Uh, there's a raging storm that happens and things kind of start to go awry on this on this boat. And this is uh, by, uh, I believe, Norwegian. Uh, or Swedish uh, director uh, Ruben uh, Osland, and he's also done similar movies to this in the past that really dive into like social commentary, class structure, things like that. So yes. it should be really interesting, yeah. kind of funny. And it has Woody Harrelson in it. I mean, yeah, and Harris I, Dickinson. I've seen very few bad movies with Woody Harrelson. Yeah. He's, and I mean, I've heard great reviews about it, to be honest. So I, I feel like this could be thoroughly enjoyable. It is two and a half hours. 
Warning. So <laughs> <laughs> that's the only reason we haven't done it to this point, but uh, yeah. I think it's worth it. Anyway, yeah. Hopefully it'll be worth it. So yeah. if not, we'll be complaining about it next week. So if yeah. you want to get ahead, go ahead and uh, rent uh, the Triangle of Sadness and you can formulate your own opinions before we give you ours, which are the correct ones. <laughs> but uh, between now and then, Jade, uh, where can folks find us? So you guys can find us on our socials. We are on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok as Our Taste is Trash. You can also find us on our website, OurTasteIsTrash.com. Great. Next week, we'll be back. We'll be reviewing our movie and probably talking a little more about the Oscars. And uh, I don't know, maybe we can talk about some Asia or some other stuff that we've been doing in our yeah. lives. We'll see. Well, you know. Whatever we feel like. We don't really know. We just make this up as we go along. So uh, join us again next week. To get ourselves a treat.